You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 19, as the boys are in the midst of of their cleansing week and we're getting all the toxins out we're breathing in fresher air and doing away with all the bad i said last week this is coming so i have to ask andy how is he doing in the midst of cleansing week you just couldn't help yourself they had such a good thing going and yeah well we are in the midst of cleansing week Rangers are in a bit of a mini slump right now, although like much like you said, it was definitely was going to come sometime. So maybe good to get it out of, the, out of the way right before the holidays and not come back from uh, Christmas and on that second push uh, a little lethargic. But yeah, they're they're definitely against it a little bit right now. I mean, it doesn't help that they've played uh, the Avalanche twice in the last two weeks and they're absolutely destroying teams they're probably uh, if i had to pencil in a cup favorite right now i would definitely put them as long as their goaltending can hold up so and they're they're the hottest team in the league right now and they're in a groove so yeah they're just murking teams left and right and then obviously the rangers put up a a, a not so good performance against uh, the nashville predators who are also one of the hotter teams in the league and uc saros their goaltender is playing amazingly and yeah, just uh, it seems, and from some of Gerard Gallant's comments, and even the, some of the in the, the team's comments, that they know that they've had it a bit easy at times, and they kind of got used to it and thought they could just play with the same amount of time and space they usually had and not compete uh, and win their battles. And yeah, so now they're uh, on a two-game skid right now. They get a chance to get back at it quick, but they play the Coyotes tonight. But we'll see if they lose, James. Then. Uh, to the coyote the lowly coyotes then then you'll know it's a real cleansing week and that something is absolutely uh wrong here so uh yeah i mean well hope like you said i hope you're right and this is them just getting the toxins out of their pores because uh yeah they definitely it starts some problems are starting to rear their head right now yeah and it, listen i i knew this was coming you could tell against uh you know the previous week against chicago off the back to back listen the Rangers have been playing a lot of hockey. They've been playing a tougher 
more physical style of hockey. It's, it's just, it, it, it comes in waves, right? Like you're, you're never always going to be at, at your best. And listen, we play four hockey games in six days this week and it, it's tough. And, you know, you're playing against two games against the Colorado Avalanche, who, like you said, are the hottest team in the NHL. The Nashville Predators are playing, you know, out of their mind right now. And even look how that Nashville played. Nashville didn't like just beat us. They block were blocking shots. They just clogged the middle. They didn't let the Rangers have anything. They played so well against us that that the Rangers, honestly, they need this. And I know I get I got flack from I forget who that guy was on Twitter, but I got flack for being really negative. But you don't understand how important it is for the Rangers to have a week where they just stink. They need this. Like, let's just let's let's be thankful that we banked so many points that we can have, uh, you know, a kind of a crap week. And to be honest, it's against good teams. Like I know we have Arizona tonight, and you know I did say on the last podcast that the Rangers would win this game. You know, this will, this game, I hope the Rangers win by a couple goals here and make a statement, but you know, if they lose, it's still part of the, I know like they, people don't want to hear this, right? Diehard fans don't want to hear this, but you have to come back and kind of get grounded and relearn what made you successful and get better at those things. This is not just a process where we're going to win you know, 85% of our games because we're so good. We're not that good. We're still a very young team. We're still learning. And, you know, you saw it last night. Listen, the Rangers are going to get hemmed in by the best, the best of the best. And it's, it's, it's a learning experience. You know, Kako still has a lot to learn against these better teams. You know, they take away time and space and you just see, you know, everyone, everyone that's now playing against us that has a little bit of talent is going to really clog the middle. They they can play physical with us and they're just going to shut us down and frustrate the hell out of you and you know eventually they're going to create turnovers and go the other way and score. And you know, Nashville isn't good enough to score four or five goals on us, but Colorado is. And you know, this is the competition that you're going to be facing in the playoffs. So, I want the Rangers to get absolutely shellacked against these teams against like Colorado and and, and take it as a lesson learned. You know, and and we'll be ready for the playoffs. Trust me, you're going to be thankful that the Rangers got this lesson learned now rather than, you know, come playoff time, because you're going to be miserable if they enter the playoffs and they get shellacked like they did against the the Hurricanes. I I still have nightmares about that. So, Andy, I I know I know you kind of make jokes about how, you know, you you preferred winning and stuff like that, and you didn't really want to go through this cleansing week. but. I mean, I feel like under Gallant, when you lose like this, there's a lesson to be learned. And, you know, do you think that this team is going to respond the way you think they're going to respond? Like, I I guess I should really ask you, do you feel that this team is going to take this as a lesson learned and kind of regroup here before before the holidays? You know, I really hope so. And and just before I get into that, I do we do want to shout out uh, Jay Rose, who tweeted at us on Twitter. Uh, man, that one guy is a negative Nancy. He's talking about you, James. Yep. I like Andy. That's me. Uh, but the other guy is a vibe killer. Let's go Rangers. So Jay, thank you so much for tweeting at us. Uh, thank you for a- acknowledging the beauty that I am. And uh, yes, yeah, our James, you're in the 
you know, you, you caught, uh, you caught flack for that, but well, what did I tell you when <laughs> we started this season? I told you I had to be negative. That's true. You listen, I, and I, I even acknowledge that. And I, I tweeted back at Jay. I like to think that James balances out my rose colored glasses. Cause they are very, they are very deeply tinted. My rose colored glasses <laughs> at times. And I, I acknowledge this, but to get to answer your question, James, yeah, you're, you're right. I do. I do hope they take this as a lesson. And I'll, I'll even say this. Do I, th- the Nashville game wasn't, uh, Turk wasn't very happy with, even though it was a one nothing game, you're like, oh, wow, it really just came down to uh, goaltending and there was one bad, really bad breakdown. But I think the point was that he was upset because Nashville basically just beat the crap out of the Rangers in, in all their battles and in the corners and the Rangers were just playing hope and reach hockey. At one point, Lafreniere was riding pine. Uh, as were a few other players because they keep making little reach hope plays and and it sucks. I understand Lafreniere, you, you don't have your man strength yet and it's hard to to win those battles and get in there even if you're going to lose, but you have to you have to try. So it's a good lesson for him. Uh, then the game last night, honestly, obviously they had way took too many penalties and had way too many turnovers, but they competed at least. They had a good push at the end. They almost tied it up. And you know, I think it was one of those things where, like, look, this is Colorado's one of the best teams in the league. The Rangers didn't spot them <laughs> six or seven goals. Uh, they were going to score. Obviously, they scored off of the, the Rangers being tenuous and being afraid of Colorado speed. But I thought the points where the Rangers just shut their brains off and was like, we just need a tying goal. And they just started applying pressure and, and being confident. They They were controlling play. They controlled play for the better part of the second period until... They got sloppy again and got in their own heads. And then even when they were looking for the push, they almost I thought they were the closest to to pushing Colorado that of any of the teams Colorado's played, at least since they got, you know, their brakes beaten off by the Maple Leafs. So um, but that again, that's their like you said, they're a young team, they're inexperienced, their kid line. And also they're not a perfect team. I mean, listen, I I love Dryden Hunt's effort and energy, and, and you have to say, obviously, him he does help them get that uh that uh the, the late goal that Gautier scores you know they he sends out uh Hunt uh Goudreau and Gautier and yeah but at the same time you know Gautier has gives up the the backbreaker with Nishkushin when he just or is it Burkowski I forgot but whatever he just off the face off he's going the exact wrong way the puck's going the other way and then Mika and Panarin kind of stare at each other he's like who's going to bring the puck up the ice and then literally break away from the, the face-off circle, which is just, yeah, that's just a team not being assertive and being, yeah, just hope plays. And it's just, that's the type of stuff that Turk doesn't like. But overall, it was a better effort. And even in the postgame, uh, Gallant was happy. He said, they're the best, one of the best teams in the league and they have a lot of speed. It happens, but we at least we competed. So he was happy about that. And Strom said the same thing. He's like, a little bit of adversity is good for us, I think, right yeah. now to see how we respond. So... And most, most of the guys they interviewed seemed pretty positive that they, they felt like they were in it at least until the very end, which they were, obviously. But it was cl- they were clearly outclassed. But I guess at the end of the day, you control what you can control. You can't control the fact that the Colorado Avalanche are a bona fide Stanley Cup contender, but you can control how you perform in those games. So luckily, the Rangers don't have to see them again this season, uh, which is good. Um, so, <laughs> you know, uh, well, and, unless they somehow meet again in the, in the Stanley Cup final. But uh, yeah, it's a guy. To your point, it's a good lesson for them to learn early. And 
you know, again, I think it's also good. Drury was up in the press box and evaluating because look, there's if they want to make some improvements in season, you know, I think at this point the Dryden Hunt in the top six experiment should be hopefully coming to an end pretty soon because I, you know, I love the guy's effort, but sometimes he's just he's not skilled enough. And I think right now, you know, Kreider has kind of gone cold. Zabanajad is still needs to something needs to change with him. He needs to shoot the puck or find some semblance of his former game. And yeah, because it, Kako is making some plays, but it, I don't think his linemates are doing some fa- him some favors. He's kind of generating and that whole line's just not performing. So, I mean, at this point, I would probably see you put Kako back with. Uh, yes, I would try to put Kako back with Panarin and Strom because at least they had something going. And uh, honestly, at this point, too, I think. As much as I love Gauthier's wheels and his effort, and I love Heedle's same thing, his skill and one-on-one ability, those two are devoid of vision or offensive smarts, unfortunately, or at least this point in their careers, I'll say. They're really good at obviously creating chaos, but you know, I think Lafreniere right now, who kind of is maybe a step behind in terms of developing NHL board strength and NHL uh you know that extra step that he needs to to at least make time and space for himself he's not getting the puck back i've seen him make get feather pucks of those guys and they just get tunnel vision and they just do something stupid with it so i think now would be a good time to maybe try putting lafreniere back with uh, Kreider and mika and i understand that early in the season he didn't deserve to be there and was thus taken off but obviously he's been moving his feet more with the kid line so but something needs to change because often like Clearly, teams are clamping down on Panarin or even on the penalty uh, on the power play when they're killing penalties against the Rangers. They're just clamping down on Panarin. It's clearly if you take him out of the game, all of a sudden a lot of the Rangers offense dries up. So, uh, yeah, so they they might need to switch some things up at some point. And I guess my last thing I'll say before I get your thoughts is I love what the fourth line has been for the Rangers this year. Against the fastest team in the league, I understand why with Curtis McDermott on the ice and Troop and all that, you have Reeves. But some, I question some of Gallant's decisions to put that fourth line out there against. They, how many goals did that that the fourth line surrender to the first line? Like because Reeves is slow as molasses, you know, and just the rest of them just don't have. They're not on their toes, and they're just a slow line by in general. So. Yeah, know, food for food for thought, I guess. Yeah, there's a time and place for that. I just. Who do you turn to? You know, it's it's just no, it's got to be frustrating. It's got to be frustrating for Gallant because as much as it like as much as like the expectations are really low for a fourth line, our fourth line has kind of exceeded that. And but just because you exceed expectations of what you are supposed to be for a fourth line doesn't mean you deserve, you know, second or first line playing time or, you know, or you just automatically get the right to be on that, you know, big shift against you know, their top line just to, you know, eat some minutes. Yeah, I totally see what you're saying. But in Gallant's defense, it's almost like, you know, who do you throw out there? Like, I, like, I I think it's a brilliant move to move Kako back to Stroman Panarin. I think that's a no brainer. That's got to happen. Lafreniere is the only other player that you can actually put on the first line, maybe Barclay Goudreau, but then you really are you then you're sacrificing a huge piece of that fourth line. But, you know, it, it is what it is. Like, you know, Sammy Blay's out for the season. You don't have as much depth as you once did at the beginning of the season. So um, I think all, the, all of this, you know, you know uh, all of this 
I don't know, juggling within the lines, that's great. But I think there's a bigger issue, Andy, and that the Rangers are, if they want to be serious, they're going to have to bring in a bona fide top six player that can play either wing or center because the Rangers desperately need it. We need an, an impact guy. And it's a shame because, you know, you thought Mika and Artemi would be able to drive their lines. Mika can't drive that first line right now. And, you know, I, I think he just needs another bona fide, you know, top six player on that line. Chris Kreider's, he's Casper again. This is what we knew this was coming. He's dried up. He'll be back in March. So, you know, forget about Kreider until then. You know, Mika's going to have to make that magic that he does. And he can do it. He can do it by himself. We've seen him, you know, drive you know, plays out of the corner or whether it's a fast break the other way and he beats, you know, their defenseman with speed. You know, he can make plays. Um, Honestly, I think one of the biggest things, uh, Andy, and you can tell me if you disagree here, but I think making Mika the trigger man on the power play and just keep feeding him the puck would be huge for his confidence. And maybe he'd get a couple goals. I, I don't really like how they use him on the power play. I think you're taking his best asset, which is him shooting the puck and you're taking it away. I know we have Artemi Panarin, but you know, uh, Panarin will be just fine not having to be the the trigger guy all the time. Yeah, cuz obviously last season Mika was really effective when he was feeling himself with the goal scoring in that bumper spot in the middle to either bump pucks back or get quick rifle shots from right in the slot. And obviously last year he was he was connecting on a few of them because uh, yeah, he was confident in in his uh, his accuracy. Whereas this, yeah, this season is just high and wide. He's just flubbing shots and pucks blades. You know, the pucks rolling off his blade, and uh, yeah, he just looks a little lethargic. So I agree with that. Obviously, like you said, this team misses not having the depth that Sammy Blay provides. Uh, I also think, and not listen. I mean, it is what it is at this point. You can relitigate it all you want, but it's not going to change anything. He's gone. But Buch- that line obviously misses Buchnevich. You kind of overestimated how much he did for that line and how much he honestly probably drove a lot of the play on that line with his, you know, his ability to gain the zone and then to hold on to pucks and then to find because uh, Kreider is not a facilitator. No. And if, you know, and it is, uh, you know, I, I love Kakbo Kako, but, you know, and he's actually made some pretty nifty passes that I feel like his his linemates haven't connected on, but Kako is more of a give and go kind of cycle, you know, power player. He's not, doesn't have Panarin's vision or anything. And he clearly doesn't have Buchnevich's calm playmaking, which took time for Buchnevich to develop, by the way, you know, Buchnevich got slowly got better every year, but he was obviously at first, everyone was kind of disappointed for him. And then you're like, ah, you know, this guy doesn't get a lot of ice time, but he's slowly trending up. And that's, and now he's, you know, going to have his best season ever. Uh, in St. Louis, but that's no surprise. But again, we're not going to relitigate that. It is what it is. It sucks, but um, yeah, they they clearly want for more talent on the right side, and also, I mean, what a, a bit of a train wreck of a game for Patrick Nemeth, who's had a few rough ones this year. Well, I think yeah, you're realizing, yeah, we'll get to that. But um, but yeah, the Rangers clearly need some skill on that right side, and obviously, last night should show that. This Rangers group's a little bit slower, you know. I mean, they have some guys that can fly, but the pace really ends up getting dictated by, you know, the fact that your your defenseman, for the most part, even though let's say a guy like uh, Keandre can fly in top flight, the, their defensemen don't really attack with much speed up the ice. 
Um, their forward, so getting it to their forwards, Mika can fly and Kreider can fly when they want to, but I don't say, I wouldn't say they're, the Rangers offense is designed to be fast. They need a few burners. They would miss having the speed of like a haggling like they used to, even though the team itself wasn't super fast. It's just one guy kind of puts the, uses his speed to put the rest. And that's, I think that's kind of the, the thing for me is that a lot of about you playing with speed is more about confidence. Cause we've seen the Rangers play fast this year. But again, you, you see the fourth line laboring up the ice, even though one of them, like uh, uh, Dryden Hunt, can really can really skate fast or a Rooney. But you know, Reeves is slow, Goudreau is slow, uh, Mika's looking slow, Kako is slow, Lafreniere is slow. You know, Heedle can obviously fly, but he also lacks vision. And, and like once he gets in the zone, he's kind of in panic mode about how am I going to get this back to my or get a shot on net. So. Yeah, they don't necessarily play very fast, so I think they could use some more skilled speed. Uh, so, but well, yeah, well, like I said, we'll see closer to the trade deadline. I want you have to wonder what Chris Drury is going to do. Yeah, he's definitely going to be making moves. I mean, it would be crazy not to, especially because you do have a lot of key pieces here. And you know, if your goal is to just make the playoffs, I feel like you're now selling yourself short because we should definitely be able to make the playoffs. It's not. It's not a question of you know. You know, that's not a question of, uh, you know, us overachieving to make the playoffs. But it's right now. I mean, listen, we have full control of our destiny. And, you know, you look at the standings here, Andy. I mean, geez, I I, I tell you, Pittsburgh's coming They're They're never going to lose again. They they just come along. They win every game. It doesn't matter. Um, You know, but that leaves, you know, we have the two wild card spots that are open. And, you know, are we better than Detroit? Yes, of course we are. Are we better than Boston? I mean, unless we're going to let one line beat us, yes, I think we are better than Boston. And then you got Columbus, Philly, New Jersey, and then, you know, it's crap the rest of the way down. So, listen, th- there's no excuses here. You know, I-, I know this is a rough patch, and if you look at the season as, a- as an entirety, you'd think I'm crazy that, you know, uh, I'm talking wild card. But the truth is that these Pittsburgh and Washington teams here are still they're still in a win now mode they're still a top three team in their division and I don't see them being a wild card you know they're they're mature they got a lot of veteran presence they're you know very well coached and you know the Rangers are just getting there we've just arrived to the party so you know I think that you know come playoff time you'll see a different roster than what we have right now. And, you know, Andy, let's get into the defense because I've never felt more confident in our first two pairings if we had to go into the playoffs right now. I I love Lindgren Fox, obviously. And Miller Truba this year has been great. I think finally Miller can learn a little bit about, you know, playing that physical style that Truba, you know, brings. And, And Truba's also now bringing a little bit of the offense that he was kind of known for uh, in Winnipeg. And, and I just, I'm glad to see that. But then the drop off with, you know, Nemeth and now Hayek because, uh, uh, oh my God, Lundqvist is, uh, is out. So Andy, what are we going to do about that third pairing? Because it <sighs> is, it's, it's, why can't we just have a normal third pairing? Why do we always have to have like, why did we sign Nemeth for so long? Yeah, well, you know, I don't know. I think a lot of GMs make the mistake. They see a guy on a team that's good in a sheltered role, and they're like, you know what? He'll play on the third pairing. And I will say this. I think Nemeth 
for the most part, has been good a good penalty killer. I think he's done good well there. But just you can't really blame, especially his performance last week, last night. You can't bl- blame it now that Nils isn't there because Nils has struggled at times too. But again, Nils was supposed to struggle, and Nemeth was supposed to help buoy that that pairing while he gets acclimated to this, you know, the NHL game and just develops. But you kind of deep dig deeper into the numbers and you see, well, actually, it seems like Lundqvist uh, performs better away from Nemeth than Nemeth does from Lundqvist, right? So you're like, hmm, that kind of, that's odd. And yeah, we just seen some boneheaded failed, failing to clear and just making sh- two short passes or dumb no-look turnovers and just, yeah, screening. He screened his Gurgiev a lot of the season, <laughs> you know, it, which is very funny. It's been... Uh, and yeah, and then we say this knowing that Schneider's starting to come around in Hartford. Zach Jones has, I think he's got 15 points in 19 games with the Wolf Pack. And obviously, when you suggest, well, bring him up, it's like, well, we have nils. We can't have two small defensemen. I mean, like, what is Nemeth doing that? Yes, obviously, he can kill penalties, but I just doesn't, you know, I don't, you can have all be as tall as you want, but if you're slow and, and horrible with puck management, it doesn't, doesn't matter a lick and say what you want. But Jones can, the more we have our, our, players in the back end who can get the pucks consistently up to our forwards you know yeah, right so. i mean it's half the battle right is, yeah is, is 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 this team needs to get out of the zone and they need to get out of the zone quick we I, are awful when we're flat-footed because like you said we don't have that burner speed so we kind of need to move in transition and if you have you know a, a pairing of defensemen that are constantly getting hemmed in or can't make that first outlet pass this is that this is the results that you're going to get. You're going to get, you know, you're going to be on the losing end, especially against these, you know, teams like the Avalanche that can counter so quickly and, you know, cause the turnovers and make it that much harder to even make that first outlet pass. You're, you're going to get crushed. And, you know, and you can't roll two pairings the entire game. You know, maybe come playoff time, you probably can get away with it. But come on now, like this is getting silly here. We need guys that to be able to step up on the third pairing and, and kind of give, you know, our Fox and Lindgrens a night off, and they can't play 25 minutes a night, Andy, especially in a week where, like I said, you're playing four hockey games from, you know, Sunday to Friday. You're playing four hockey games in six days. So, you know, again, it's just, you know, it's frustrating to see. I know, you know, as a fan, it's a lot different when you're, you know, you're, I'm not actually managing the personalities, but still, it's it's we've seen enough of Nemeth. And I'm just I'm kind of over this whole experiment of him trying to guide our youth when I think the youth is pretty much, you know, carrying most of that load. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action packed, high scoring NFL game. But with the latest no brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. As everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving new customers free shots at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, Bet $1 on any team to score, and you win $100 in free bets. 
If they score, you score with promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. You have to imagine that if, considering Zach Jones, players like Zach Jones, Braden Schneider, and uh, Nils, you don't really know who one of them would have to probably most likely end up a trade chip if they're going to Rangers are going to do something this year, right? Uh, whether or not you think they should do something this year, that's a different discussion. But so you would imagine they would want to see how they can conduct themselves at least in the at the NHL level. Um, so yeah, I mean you you have to hope at some point one of these. But again, we've spoken about the fact that the the one I don't know if you want to say it's a knock, but the one thing we know about uh, Turk is that most of the friction that's come between him and his organizations is that he is very particular about his lineup. He kind of wants to play. He's old school in that. Yes, he's great about giving kids ice time and and letting them learn once they're in the club. But at the same time, he's if he's happy with. You know, he kind of likes to build a rapport and then he trusts his guy. So I don't know if he's necessarily he appreciates the GM saying, I'm going to call this guy up because we need to audition him or mess with the or, you know, or just see what's going on. I don't know if he's amenable to that. And I don't know what he's worked out. I don't know if him and Chris have an understanding that, you know, if, obviously, if we need to call someone up because uh, we have injuries, that's one thing. But just because if he's if Turk is comfortable with Nemeth and, you know, every coach has their their player that no matter what they, even though the fans are, are carrying their pitchforks out, that the the coach stands by them, and Nemeth might be that for uh, for Gallant, but I'm not sure. But but yeah, I just think at some point you that's clearly the Rangers' biggest problem right now is their third pairing, um, even more so than maybe the need for a little bit more offense up front because yeah, even against. The Rangers have at least been in these games against good teams, or at least you could say that about the game last night, and then one goal difference with a team like uh, Nashville. So maybe a little bit of offense from the back end would have helped them there. Well, the Nashville game, it's funny because when I was watching that game, I uh, honestly, I had like flashbacks of Tortorella Rangers where they just clogged the middle, blocking shots left and right. They couldn't get anything through. I couldn't imagine how frustrated the Rangers were on the bench because, you know, the Rangers are so used to being able to, you know, get pucks through and, and, you know, even shots from the point, you know, just being able to tip in shots and you kind of make Kreider, sorry, I had a little burp there. Uh, You had to make Kreider, you know, his inability, you know, to get in front, they just clogged the middle and they did such a good job. And, that's a frustrating loss, but I don't think it's like a bad loss. Like, I, I really think like, you know, in a seven game series, Gallant and the boys are going to adjust and they're going to be able to pull that series out. Like, I wouldn't be worried if that was game one of you know the Stanley Cup final. You know, I, I would actually be very confident because, you know, the Rangers did everything except, you know, basically put the puck in the net. And I really just thought, you know, they they kept Nashville at bay. And, you know, I kept a lot of shots to the outside. And, and, you know, I thought, you know, thank God Georgie's been playing very well. And you can't really ask for anything more than what he's given you right now. 
And, you know, if you look at the game against the Avalanche or the second game against the Avalanche that the Rangers played, you know, listen, you got beat by a team that's probably going to be in the cup finals. And it was 3-2 late in the game and you kind of turned it on and you you were so close to tying it up and they got kind of like a fluky, you know, turnover goal. And uh, that was a goal that you probably wouldn't give up. It was the normal five on five in the second period. But, you know, you're you're kind of sending all the troops in so you're kind of vulnerable and you know that that happens towards the end of the game like that but you know listen you're you improved against the Colorado Avalanche that's a step in the right direction you still don't have Igor you're gonna have a different roster come and come playoff time I'm I'm confident in saying that now and you know like I said I I, I know this is kind of like silly and I keep bringing it back but the Rangers kind of needed to get slapped back down to reality and, and again, build on what they've been doing good all this time. And I think if you move Kako back to the second line with Strom and Panarin, I think that line will generate a little bit more uh, uh, offense. And then I don't know what the answer is on the first line. I don't know who's going to be that spark plug because, like I said, the well of Chris Kreider is dried up. Mika's struggling mentally right now. He's getting chances, but he's just not capitalizing. So who are you going to stick on that right side? You know, Lafreniere is pretty much the only person you can move. Maybe Barclay Goudreau. But, you know, I I still don't think Barclay's really the answer. That guy's going to be driving, um, you know, the third or fourth line. So um, I don't know, Andy. That's why I think there's definitely going to be a move made. And, you know, obviously we just spoke about the defense. So. Yeah. Um, when does Igor come back? Do we know? <laughs> Not to change subjects, but it's like, when does this guy get back? Because I feel like confidence level goes through the roof when that guy's in net. Yeah, I mean, clearly, and rightfully so, because, you know, I would be remiss if we didn't mention that throughout all this, you can't blame any of the Rangers' losses recently on Georgiev. He's actually been good. Mm-hmm. I thought he was good again last night. I thought... Every goal that was against him was either there was a million people in front of them and the Rangers were either were not clearing the crease or getting screened by his own guys. I mean, the Nemeth, you know, a few games ago, I think what Nemeth tipped the shot. Right. And then he gets screened by the one of the kids in Nashville and they just miss a blow a dumb coverage and let someone just walk in and blow one high perfect place off the over the glove off the bar. So, yeah, I mean. He's been good, so none of this has been on him. That being said, Igor continues to be on the ice in practice, but they're clearly not rushing him. And good, they shouldn't. You you bank all those points. Why are you going to rush their, your big, who's been your best player arguably this year? You're going to rush him back in. You know they. It looks like the Florida Panthers may have rushed Sasha, Sasha Barkov, uh, you know, off of IR, and now he's back on because he tweaked something. I don't know if it's the same thing or something else, but. Yeah, it just clearly they're just letting Igor repair and, you know, obviously wisely so they may have they may have not known the severity of it or just how long it was going to take. It's one of those things where you don't really know if you twinge something, you just kind of have to wait for swelling to go down and for those fibers that you tear to kind of reform and, you know, keep warm and stretch and not overexert yourself and just let some time go by. So, but they're doing the right thing. Um 
Andy, Who knows? If, if you're Gallant right now, I mean, I don't know. You know, I'm sure this is a group. I'm sure, decision. I'm not playing him tonight. Obviously, no, I'm, no, 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 no. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking. You know, give him another week and a half. I mean, you have Arizona tonight. I would imagine Kincaid is starting. Um, I, I mean, honestly, this would be the this would be the the game to play Keith, especially if you think you might try to flip one of your goaltenders at some point in part of a trade. Uh, This is a winnable game for the Rangers. Clearly it's a winnable game for Kincaid who was good. He's been good in the AHL, you know, and he was pretty good for the Rangers last year. It wasn't amazing, but he was good. So this is a winnable game as long as Kincaid and Kincaid has the mindset. Although that being said, uh, if you think you're getting Georg um, Shesterkin back sooner rather than later, you know, we've seen Gallant kind of ride the sure thing where he's put Shesterkin in against lesser competition. He's like, no, I'm going to guarantee we get these two points. Sorry, I'm a spam call. Uh, you know, so. Uh, well, I th- well Georgie I th- also deserves this start if he wants it. Yeah. I mean, I guess the thing is the Rangers then, uh, you know, they. Oh, I didn't even realize they have all of next week off. Right. So the, I'm thinking. So, yeah, I mean, Georgie to the to the brink here. Why not? Yeah, because obviously he he can. I think that's probably the move. Right. Because who knows? Maybe you put the Coyotes, much like the Sabres who have struggled this year, have been kind of playing rope a dope hockey where they'll they get their beat their their bricks uh, beaten in and when they kind of survive the onslaught and the other team's like oh man what we we just beat them pillar to post and we don't have a goal to short for it and then they can kind of string some passes together and maybe get they get lucky uh, with a rusty goaltender maybe it is best just to put uh Georgiev in there and just make sure that he seals it down so i don't really know again there's there's the if they're super confident and there's an agenda to showcase one of their goaltenders and that's another thing. I think there's been a lot of uh, speculation that there, this might be a showcase for Georgiev to prove to other teams that he can be a starter. Because it's, it's no secret he thinks he can be a starter and he wants to be a starter elsewhere. And, you know, how many... You look at uh, Rangers, former Rangers goalies that were then traded after having playing long stints when Lundqvist got hurt. The year they won the President's Trophy, you remember Camp Talbot. Lunk was kind of tweaked something, so he played most of those games in the final stretch. They split a lot of games. Uh, they even, I think, the game where they clinched the Presidents Trophy, Talbot was in net, and lo and behold, he gets uh, traded to Edmonton. Right? Although the return was bullshit for that, and that, but that was more of a favor from a Slats to his old club. And same thing, Lundqvist goes down, and and uh, Ranta, you know, comes up uh, comes up pretty big and plays excellent throughout that string, and then he ends up uh, going to Arizona. So. Yeah, this is most likely could be time to showcase to the league. Georgiev is actually good. He's not what he what you thought he was. And he's played real well throughout this string. So, I mean, he play he has played 10 times better than from the beginning of the season. I'll give him that. Uh, There was times where I didn't even know if he was an NHL goalie anymore. (laughs) But I, I kudos to him. I mean, that's exactly what you expect from a backup that's stepping up and trying to prove himself. And he's risen to the challenge so far. If I'm Gallant, listen, you got to beat Arizona. Uh, my goal is to put you know the best team out on the ice and get two points, uh, especially after dropping two in a row and and you know three of your last four. So right now, I'd walk up to Georgie and be like, "Are you ready tonight?" And if he gives you a nod, yes, all right, it's your net, and uh, you know just keep keep it up. And 
okay, you got one day off, you're traveling back home. Guess what? You're going again against Vegas at home. You know, it's going to, the crowd will be buzzing. It's, uh, um, it's, uh, I think make a wish night where they, you know, it's, you know, a big charity night. So there's going to be, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, buzz in the building and, you know, and then you have uh, a few days off and you play Montreal on the 22nd and you have a few days off again after that. So listen, I'd ride him out. I mean, listen, I, I appreciate Kincaid. I, I, I like him. I like his mentality. I think he'd actually be pretty good for the locker room where he's a little bit looser. You know, he's a vet. He's been around there a long time. And I don't think much is going to phase him at this point. Um, but you know, we're here to win hockey games and you got to put your best, your best team forward. And, and I think that's, uh, having Georgie in that tonight, that's what I would do. I mean, if you played Kincaid, I, I kind of understand it, but, um, if Georgie's ready to go, I, I let him have that net. And, uh, this way it gives, you know, Igor another week and a half, almost two weeks to, you know, kind of get ready. And then if he's ready to face Detroit, he's ready to face Detroit on the 27th. And if not, again, play Georgie, get him ready to play because uh, you have Florida and Tampa to end the end the year. So, yeah, uh, it's a lot of different options, a lot to think about. And this is what, you know, Gallant gets paid the big bucks for. So, uh, you know, Andy, kind of moving forward here. Obviously, there's a lot of question marks about this Rangers team, right? We're kind of finding out that we're not perfect and it's kind of humbling. And I know fans are frustrated and, and I know obviously I got some flack for being a little too negative. But, you know, the, the biggest positive thing here is that the Rangers are getting this out of their system and we're learning a lot about ourselves. We're learning about, you know, who's going to step up here, you know, the days where Panarin and Fox are not going to, you know, carry the carry the uh, torch. We need, you know, the younger guys to kind of step up and be game changers. And listen, this is this is how you develop players. This is how you develop a, a Stanley Cup team. You kind of weed out, you know, who's not going to step up. And and right now, you know, I'm looking at Gaco and Lafreniere. These guys, these two guys in particular, need to find a way to be impact players and it's weeks like this games like this especially against arizona there's no reason why kako can't have a three-point night or lafreniere and that kid line can't have a you know a three-goal night you know this is the teams that you can you know kind of showcase your talents so i expect big things from them tonight and you know i did say they'd win this game last podcast during the cleansing week so expect to win tonight against arizona yeah, you, like I said, this is definitely the, the game to do it. You're going to have the time and space that you haven't had <laughs> the past week against some of these other more experienced, uh, stifling teams. I did want to get your thoughts on uh, the current outbreaks going on around the league right now because as we record this, uh, Patrice Bergeron just got placed on COVID protocol. Uh, we know the Islanders. Yesterday, we had a whole slew. I think it was Matt Barzell was one. Um, Calgary had their game postponed because they they officially were over the threshold yeah, for a week, I think, right? For a week. And listen, obviously Hartford got hit real bad, but the Rangers themselves have actually been pretty lucky. They had a, a false positive with Zabanajad, and at one point, Strom missed what a cu- couple of games, right? But yeah, but you know, there wasn't it wasn't a team wide; it was kind of isolated. So yeah, the Rangers have been lucky in that sense. But I mean. Obviously, coming there's the more this happens, the more it seems like the Olympics are 
kind of slipping away. And even beyond that, just hearing about what the protocols would be if a player is to contract it um, while while overseas in the Olympics, that they might be forced to mandatory quarantine for up to like four or five weeks, which, uh, yeah, sounds horrible. So I could definitely understand. So do you, I do want to ask you at this point in time, do you think the, the NHL is going to go to the Olympics or do you think that the dream is finally, you know, coming to a close? Um, listen, it, I guess there's two trains of thought. Uh, if, if I'm one of the players, I don't see why I would go over there. It's, I just feel like, listen, it's a different country. You don't want to risk getting caught there for 21 days, isolated. You don't really know what that's going to be like. This isn't, you know, you're not staying at, you know, the, uh, you know, I don't know. The Ritz-Carlton? Yeah, the Ritz-Carlton. I couldn't think of it. Although it does say three and four star hotels. Yeah, but I feel like every time... (laughs) These teams get sent they, to the Olympics. They, they say spend, that they and then the chairs are made of like, like two by yeah. fours. You know, yeah, the bed is a cot, and there's yeah. like you know a Nature Valley bar like laying on the pillow. And it's like, <laughs> this is this is the you know first class amenities. Yeah. No, I, I just see no point in really them going. I I mean, listen, the NHL, uh, you know, the Rangers have been lucky, but the NHL is is facing a unique problem in that. Listen, these. These guys are, are are getting COVID. It's the winter season. It's flu season. It's going to spread. The NHL always has a problem with just the flu in general. So you can imagine that, you know, COVID is not going to be any nicer to these players and to these organizations. So um, in terms of COVID and, and the Olympics, I think it's a no-brainer not to go. I know it's tough and you finally had the freedom. But, you know, if I'm the Players Association, I go to Gary Bettman and I put this in my back pocket and say, listen, us as a Players Association, we're choosing not to go for the safety, you know, blah, 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 blah. And you use that as a bargaining chip saying, listen, we're reasonable people. We pulled out of the Olympics when you clearly wanted us to. You know, now you got to do X, Y and Z for us. So it just makes sense. And, you know, you are. I, I'm not worried about the players actually catching COVID because, you know, obviously for the most part, a lot of these players, they rebound, you know, fairly quickly. And, you know, it's it just, it's right now, it's like, you got to keep the product on the ice. I think that's the most important thing for the NHL. So um, it just, you to minimize that risk. Yeah. Why go? I think you can use it as a bargaining chip later in the future by making a decision to pull out and, I just think uh, it's, a, it's a safer decision overall. And why risk it? You'll have the month of February off to get kind of out of this cold spell, um, you know, the flu season, so to speak. And hopefully, you know, March will bring nicer weather where the numbers tend to go down. So um, that's, that's kind of where I am, Andy. I, I don't know where you are, but um, yeah, I, I lean on. I hope the players choose not to go. Yeah. You know, and listen, it's a real it's obviously a real shame because they didn't get to go to the last Olympics and it being in clearly you would think that in a lot of ways, because it's in such a, a large market like uh China, that it would be great to expose hockey there in, in the with a great yeah, you know, with a greater spotlight that it could really do wonders to grow the game, but no, it's just not worth it. I mean, you've even heard some some 
I think it was uh, Alex Petrangelo say he's got, you know, three kids at home. Five weeks is a long time if something happens to be away from his family. You know, he they the players were so isolated during the bubble and how hard that was and COVID and they thought they're finally beyond that. But I, maybe they didn't realize going into that season how difficult it would be. They Well, they know now and, and the risk of having to do that again. No. And again, also the NHL has a lot of games have been can't postponed due to COVID. They can make up a lot of games in that stretch. You know, you'll have the all-star game. Uh, and then, and you know, during the Olympic break, players can rest up. Uh, the ones that aren't, you know, getting in, you know, yeah, the players can rest up. Obviously, they can make up those games. So they down the stretch, they're not so compact, which will really take a lot out of you if you're trying to go into the the playoffs. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, it, it sucks because under normal circumstances, I I love Olympic hockey and I want to see it. And I finally want to see McDavid, you know, represent Canada in the Olympics. And I want to see Austin Matthews represent the U.S. And I want to see Adam Fox represent the U.S. I want to see Zabanajad and, and Panarin for their countries. But it's just, yeah, it's getting real. Uh, it's just, it doesn't, see, it doesn't seem like a smart or viable option to me, you know, with, as we things keep getting uh, worse and worse and just the, what the reality would be for them if something happens. So, but, you know, as of this recording, uh, even if the NHL doesn't want its players going, it still says it will you know, part of their whole uh, agreement with the last, uh, you know, during the pandemic was that they will, they will go if the players want to go. But obviously, they 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 are definitely highlighting <laughs> the fact that if they go and they uh, test positive, then they don't have a say on what happens to them after that. They well, are. Let me ask you a question, Andy. Is it yeah. all or none? Like, like. It- are we going to get to the point where, all right, players start to leave for the Olympics, right? And at the last second, say, you know, McDavid pulls out. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to go. Like, is this an all or none? Like, is the NHL going to say either, like, are they going to allow some to go, some not to go? Like, or like, is this a choice on the individual or is this the choice, you know, as a, you know, a players union? Well, the, I believe the, the NHLPA had a call. Um, the other day, and they're going to have another one apparently within the next 48 hours, just basically highlighting, talking, discussing, is this worth it? Do we want to go? Because as of right now, it's it's up to the player. If they don't want to go, they clearly, they don't have to go, obviously. You can't make, no one can make you go, but um, you will have to wonder. Yeah, I mean, if it becomes, because you've heard things like, uh, because everything Alex Ovechkin has done, for uh, you know his owner and the Washington Capitals organization, he's always said, "If Ovechkin wants to go, I'm going to let him go." Because you know he, the yeah. the that organization owes so much to Alex. He's won them a cup. He's basically filled seats for how long now? Uh, if he wants to go to the if 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 the if listen, I think the NHLPA would say we're. We are not going, but if you want to go, that's okay, but then it's on you. I could definitely see that because, yeah, I, I think, again, I don't, it's one of those things where it might be more of a symbolic thing seeing, saying we're going to, as the NHLPA is going to say to its players, like we are formally saying, like we're not going. So the NHL can do their makeup games. 
That being said, it would be really shitty if of the league to then uh, if a player like Ovechkin says, I want to go represent because this might be the last one for me. You know, who knows? Yeah. Um, which it wouldn't be because he's Alex Ovechkin. And he's going to score 50 goals for the next 15 years. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it would be kind of rotten and crummy for them to do that if a, a player, especially if the Olymp- if it's they're taking the break anyway to make up rescheduled games. So, yeah, I, the one thing too, like that people all often forget is that this isn't just a bunch of Americans, Canadians playing in in the NHL. You know, a lot of these European, you know, players they leave their homes all the time, and you know, they're they're not here. They're they're not living in their home countries, so they do take a lot of pride whenever they can kind of showcase and represent their country uh, because they're away from it for so long. And, you know, a lot of these guys, especially Europeans, I know, you know, some of the Europeans that I, I grew up kind of playing with, you know, it was it was a, an, a, a huge badge of honor to put on, you know, your country's jersey. And, and a lot, you know, it, even some of them said they'd rather win a gold medal than a Stanley Cup. So you can imagine where their mentality is when, you know, the Olympics kind of roll around. Some of them, you know, they're, you know, they feel, hey, listen, I'm vaccinated and young. I'm going to rebound from this if I get it. Are you going to risk the three week quarantine and getting it? You know, a lot of them probably would. So, you know, you got to also remember that, you know, it's not just Americans and Canadians, you know, looking just to go overseas. A lot of them, you know, this is something that, you know, they take a lot of pride in and, you know, they don't get to spend a lot of time in their home country to begin with and anything to kind of, you know, prop up the hockey world in their own countries. This is their opportunity to do it. So um, they might they might really want to. You might see a big pushback from, you know, especially the European players wanting to represent themselves and represent their countries in the Olympics. Yeah. And again, we'll see what happens here, but just at least it seems like the writing seems to be on the wall. So I agree. Something to monitor, I guess, to bring it back to the New York Rangers. They've been lucky. Knock on wood. Is this wood? Hopefully I'm knocking on my desk so far with that. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll see what they have uh, tonight. You'll notice that they're all, they're wearing all black Adidas track suits, the whole team on this road trip. They wore it on the plane. They wore it before the game. I guess it's like they're going to be their official garb, which is good. That kind of shows that there's team unity and there's they're setting up special little bonding things, which is good. And again, like you had mentioned up at the top of this podcast, this is a team that has just arrived to the to the party, right? They're clearly not the the life of the party. They're not the focal point of the party, but they're they've been invited in to go to the corner and have some punch and hang out and just kind of lean against the wall and see, see what the, the makeup of the party is and how they can uh, maybe work their way socially into the flow of things. And I'm getting horrible flashbacks to high school. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, well, hopefully tonight can be a good, because part of the cleanse, like you said, James, is, uh, you know, you, you don't eat anything. You drink water with cayenne and you start sweating out, but now they get a maybe get a nice big glass of water. Now you can introduce some uh, cucumber and lemon in your water, and uh, you know, which will taste all that refreshing. So let's, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, the kids can use this game to springboard and the some of the the Rangers' top players who have been a little stifled for offense recently can can get it going here and pad the stats a bit to feel good about themselves and carry that into the next phase because I think. You know, you would hope that 
after this, they don't take uh, anything for granted for at least the, the time being. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.